learn about the newest digital pathology trends in science and industry, meet the most interesting people in the niche, and gain insights relevant to your own projects. Here is where pathology meets computer science. You are listening to the Digital Pathology Podcast with your host, Dr. Alexandra Zhurov. Hello, everyone. Today's episode is sponsored by VisioFirm, Denmark-based leader in artificial intelligence-driven image analysis, tissue mining, and precision pathology. And my guest today is Dr. Ralf Hus, the chairman of VisioFirm's scientific advisory board. Dr. Hus is a professor of pathology and managing deputy director of pathology and molecular diagnostics at the University Hospital in Augsburg, Germany. He has years of pathology experience spanning academia and industry, and in the industry it was both big pharma and small startups. Today we're going to talk about why and how should digital pathology be implemented into clinical practice. So listen in and I hope you will enjoy. Hi Ralph, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Alex. Great talk to you again. Yes, nice to talk to you again. We know each other from before, but tell the listeners about your background and your path to digital pathology. Great, thank you. Um, I'd love to. Um, I'm a trained pathology, just um, spending 15 years in training, mostly at the University of Munich in Germany, before I then decided to um, join industry. So uh, I took the position as head of pathology and tissue biomarker at Roche in Germany and in Switzerland, being responsible for developing advanced tissue-based assays uh, for their biomarker program. I was also part of the uh, or during of Roche during the time of the Ventana acquisition and when they started to expand their tissue-based business uh, until I eventually then joined a more digital field. I joined a company called Definience, which was uh, eventually acquired by AstraZeneca. And uh, at that time, it uh, was the task to develop computational solutions for image analysis and for those very complex biomarker assays. And um, that was when I I got really deep in touch with uh, digital pathology and uh, artificial intelligence and uh, computational solutions to quantify biomarkers. Mm -hmm. But for the last six months, I'm now at uh, Deputy Director at the Department of Pathology at the University of Augsburg and uh, applying those things that we developed in industry and now taking it to to a patient on an everyday basis. Mm -hmm. So you have the whole spectrum industry, fully just digital pathology focus and now hospital. I'm just going to mention that Definius was the place where we met and where we worked together before, as I said, that we met each other before. So digital pathology is a broad field. We include the digitization and digitalization, read of glass slides and image analysis and AI. So you kind of went through all of this. Which aspects of digital pathology you think are most important for clinical practice that you're doing right now and why? 
Well, this is a this is a very good question, and uh, so let me let me start from from the beginning. When I got in touch with with digital pathology, actually was initially on on telepathology, and I mm-hmm. had the honor to meet Dr. Weinstein in Houston, who developed the first telepathology network, just to get a second opinion across long distances and and without having to ship uh, images and slides, and uh, so do a remote remote reporting, and. These days, with the with the COVID pandemic, um, there are a lot of pathologists in home office now, and uh, so all of a sudden, over the past six months, telepathology has become very, very important um, for a lot of pathologists, so that they can continue practicing pathology, that their expertise can be used at those sites where they are uh, needed. And uh, actually the FDA acknowledged this and approved the remote reporting in the US and I think most of the European countries are trying to to follow. But um, having said that, I mean that immediately brings us to the question about how do I digitize those images that I usually read under the microscope. They are very different aspects but when you ask me what is the most important in the clinical practice that we will see now and in the future it definitely um, the ability to deal with complex biomarkers um, that we will see more in the future and to have a standardized and robust um, readout and uh, the possibility to get second, second opinion with every expert in the world at any time almost. Mm-hmm. So biomarkers, that would basically uh, tie into image analysis, right? The quantification of biomarkers. Well, yes, yes and no. I mean, um, when you talk about biomarkers, I mean, there are a lot of biomarkers that st- or actually the, st- the story started with, with HER2-new. And uh, so we eventually all learned how to score HER2-new in breast cancer and then developed or accepted uh, solutions how to report that in gastric cancer and, and other indications. But now with the complexity of immunotherapy and even taking advanced therapies into last-line treatment, we see that we have to combine even solutions that give us an understanding of the very complex tumor heterogeneity. So we we know, for example, whether immune cells are outside or inside the tumor, whether they are exhausted or not, whether they are silenced by regulatory cells. And so to understand all of that, um, this goes beyond the conventional capability of a pathologist even when they are used of reading um, multiplex uh, fluorescence images. So this is when we need advanced image analysis to allow even reading complex images. And sometimes we come up with totally new solutions and, and algorithms that we as pathologists wouldn't have thought of, but AI is providing us a potential path towards it. Mm-hmm. So basically the telepathology aspect and the biomarker quantification aspect are the most important ones at the moment for clinical practice. But let me also mm-hmm. repeat what I said initially. It's the standardization and robustness um, of, of reading an essay and reporting it. Um, so particularly when it gets complex. I mean, we all know that sometimes we are questioning our decision from the day before in, in terms of expression levels and, and uh, the concordance among pathologists is, fortunate, is usually, and fortunately actually, 
at a very high end because most of us, we are most of us, and basically all of us are well trained in this regard. But it could get better, and uh, this is also where digital pathology will help us. Mm -hmm. So, in simple words, how will a pathology lab benefit from implementing this? From implementing uh, or helping robustness of this interpretation with digital pathology? What are going to be the immediate benefits for the patient? Well, I mean, the immediate benefit would be, for example, that you get access to the resources of, of expert pathologists, which you usually might not have because of the telepathology. Mm -hmm. Then at the same time, you get a standardized readout of, for example, uh, immune therapy-related markers like PDL1, for example. Uh, we all getting increasingly confused sometimes by what assay to be used for what indication at what threshold in what line of treatment. And uh, I think here it's very important also to use digital pathology, and this would allow us immediately getting the right readout and the right quantification for those algorithms. And then even combine this, in, in which is currently also published, for example, with the quantification of CD8 positive uh, tumor infiltrating lymphocytes. So these are the immediate benefits we will see for patients that receive treatment with checkpoint inhibitors and uh, combinations with other anti-cancer drugs. Mm -hmm. So how should one approach the subject of pathology lab digitalization? What should one start with? I mean, there are many institutions that already embraced the, the pathology digitalization, but there are still many hospitals that did not. What should they start with? What's the low-hanging fruit or the first step they should start with? Well, actually, there is no such thing as a low-hanging <laughs> fruit, unfortunately. And after being in this field on the industry side for so many years and now on the, on the clinical side, I think you, start, you have to start with a plan. You have to have a plan from the end, what we would like to achieve. What is your, your burning need you have? What is your availability of tools and even the IT infrastructure you have in place at your hospital or at your side of practice? So there are, as you rightly said, Alex, there are a lot of isolated solutions which are very good. Mm -hmm. When we talk about scanners, when we talk about uh, image analysis uh, software, when we talk about uh, certain hardware tools, but they all need to be integrated. They need they all need to be part of a, a working workflow that starts from the specimen at the beginning all the way into the standardized reporting at the end um, that allows the oncologist or the caring physician to make a, a clear decision based on what you tell them as a pathologist. And I think what most companies and most practicing pathologists are struggling with is that they have, for example, a wonderful scanner, so they can scan their images, they can even see them, but then they have to look what is the right image analysis solution. And sometimes those companies say, oh, you, you, you can do it yourself, and they provide you just very, very complex AI tools. So for expert programmers, that's fine. But for most of us, including myself, who are almost IT and AI illiterate, we would like to have 
solutions that are clinically validated, that are robust, and almost function on a click basis, they have to be user-friendly, and uh, that gives me the result I understand Mm -hmm. and I can interpret. Mm -hmm. So this would be part of the plan you're talking about, from the hardware through what you're going to do and what you're going to how you're going to leverage digital pathology to uh, later the solutions, be it AI-based, image analysis, but should be user-friendly. And it's like a chain that you have to plan in advance. Yes, it is an integrated workflow that requires um, interoperability of the different systems. And I think the companies are starting to learn this as well. I think like like in, in many other industries, and I think we are have to learn or we did learn the lesson from, from radiology, um, there is no such thing as a single solution mm-hmm. that will prevail over all the others. They all will, you, mark, you, you might get market dominance or uh, you have a strong market access, but there are always different reasons to, to choose one over the other. And um, I think the, those companies succeeded eventually who opened up their system and became part of a robust and consistent workflow. Because keep in mind, almost all hospitals, almost all pathology sites have already a laboratory information system in place. They have already an IT infrastructure in place. They will not toss everything just because of a single scanner or a monitor or a single AI solution. Mm-hmm. And- that needs to fit into a pre-existing system. This, this this cannot be more true, what you just said. And the key word here is the interoperability. I think in the pathology world, maybe because we're early in the process, we're still, I say we, I mean, the whole, um, the whole niche is uh, operating under a paradigm that if there's something so fantastic, like you said, people are going to toss the rest of the tools. It's not going to happen. It didn't happen with radiology. And like you say, those who opened their systems to be integrated prevailed. So this leads me into very well into the next question. So the tools have been uh, for digitalization of pathology have been available for quite some time. Obviously we are, maybe 20, 25 years behind radiology, but it has already been there for over 20 years. And like I said, several pathology labs went fully digital, but it is a small fraction still of the overall number. Why is that? Why did pathology not embrace it fully yet? What are the hurdles? Well, I think we mentioned some of the hurdles, but um, when you say that some some labs are already fully digital. Then I'm always getting a little bit nervous and I try to, to really understand mm-hmm. what they mean by fully digital. Um, some labs call themselves fully digital because they are paperless. Uh, so they do the reporting on the screen instead of the microscope. Uh, but then they still dictate into a regular system and it's still typed by by a, a, some a regular person and you still get a, a report that is uh, sent out through email or whatever kind of exchange system you have in your lab. So there are very different levels of being fully digital. Mm-hmm. I think what what we would like to have and to consider fully digital is starting already with the specimen processing, the specimen management from the beginning, whether 
it comes from your own hospital internally or whether it's sent to you from the outside that you can register it that it immediately goes into the laboratory system in terms of how many fine needle biopsies how many specimens should be in this specimen uh, mug or whatever you use and does it have the size i expect do i do I lose anything or gain anything actually during processing? Can I follow the entire processing step and, man- and analytical step so that I exactly understand if a stain doesn't work, is it due to the fact that I have a poorly fixed specimen or is it due because some step in between didn't work or because the antibody was, uh, was not uh, the way it should be? So digitization starts from the pre-analytical workflow assessment and integration into the analysis of the assay and the interpretation by the pathologist, including a case sign-out. And the, the, the biggest hurdle to achieve this is actually what we already discussed is the, usually the integration into the pre-existing laboratory information system that usually does not have um open interfaces and connectors mm-hmm. we are now at a point where we start to appreciate let's say a standardized uh format uh like uh, fire is is trying to establish that but it will take some time but this is the, the biggest hurdle the connectivity of systems and the integration into a robust workflow information system that matches the results of the specimens with the patient data that comes from radiology, from you know any kind of uh, clinical ward or or information that you you might get from from other sources. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks for uh, questioning this definition of fully digital like you say there is no standardized workflow at the moment that everybody follows so the definition of fully digital pathology lab can differ from lab to lab and you say the whole workflow should have digital information attached to whatever was happening uh, throughout the workflow and that would be the fully digital pathology lab Mm -hmm. i know this is this is very complex and i think there is, there's, there are good reasons why a lot of laboratories or pathologists are shying away from, you know, entering this this endeavor, or they would even consider this an adventure. First of all, it's it's costly. It has not been done. Uh, basically, the entire workflow. Uh, so there are always bits and pieces. Like you have to. To put your own car together. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you buy tires at one store, you buy the engine at another, and the, the rest comes from something you have already. So most of us are completely overwhelmed and would rather not do it instead of, you know, entering this endeavor. So I think we have to develop, develop a, a recipe and solutions that guide the younger pathologist and those who are willing to to enter this field in a way that they understand each each step, they see the alternatives and they they see the the pros and the cons of different solutions. Mm-hmm. So, having said that, you could of course say, okay, there is still no reason for me to enter digital pathology. But as we started our discussion, I mean, we we addressed the issue of complex biomarkers. 
we will see way more of those complex biomarkers integrating multiplex image analysis with spatial genomics, um, like we see from companies that do, for example, like, like those who do spatial genomic relationships of transcriptomes. And this only works if we get assistance by a digital tool that does a robust quantification and can even resolve expression levels on a cell-to-cell -cell basis on the specimens that we have under the microscope or then on the screen. Mm -hmm. So would you say that the advances in medicine will force implementation of digital pathology at some point? Absolutely. I, I think there is a very, or at the moment, let's put it this way, there's still a lot of space for HD pathology. Mm -hmm. Of course, understanding the complexity of systems integration and integrating different solutions like uh, um, fluorescence microscopy, multiplexing, spatial genomics has led to a divergence of alternative solutions like companies who are trying to apply AI just on HD, mm -hmm. claiming that they get the same results at the same prognostic and predictive value, just simple on ancient e-slides. But I think we start to realize that this is maybe true for some biomarkers, but I think we can, we, we all understand or we all sometimes know the, the struggle to distinguish a crumpy tumor cell from a macrophage. Mm -hmm. And unless you have an immune histochemistry solution, that tells you this is a, a clearly stained macrophage versus a cytokeratin positive carcinoma cell. And just training this on H&E requires millions and millions of images to train the AI system. And even then there is a case that the system has not seen before. Um, As there is a case always that the pathologists have not seen before. Exactly. So, but then you you understand your limitations, mm -hmm. and I think this is. I I'm always trying to to discuss with the AI experts and the computational pathologists, saying you have to train the system that there are limitations that we as pathologists don't know, but we have, let's say, found an attitude towards dealing with these unknowns, with these new solutions and because we will see more of them in the future tumors changes under therapy i mean we had to learn what pro pseudo progression means in lung cancer after treatment with checkpoint inhibitors mm -hmm. and we will see more of that and we have to learn more of that and and uh, train us and the system on on those kind of unknowns and phenotypes uh, that we have not seen before mm -hmm. So would you say that pathology will undergo a total shift towards digital workflow like it happened in radiology or will there be a different path or maybe what I'm envisioning maybe there are going to be some reference centers that will have the full capability and some other hospitals or centers that do not have the full capability. I don't know. What's your vision on that? I think it will be a, a stepwise evolution. It will be not be a revolution, but it will be an evolution of digital pathology eventually being, now coming to the word, full digital at some time. Mm -hmm. Because I think those who still, let's say, lag behind 
being fully analog and still using the microscope, but still having a lot of experience will eventually lose their business uh, by just doing gastric biopsies they, um, on a daily basis or um, because the automated image analysis will also learn to interpret those eventually. Mm -hmm. So it will be a, a slow but continuous evolution, starting with some centers, starting with some expert laboratories, as you rightly said. But I think eventually the entire pathology community will adopt digital pathology and we will see more pathologies staying at home, um, reporting cases, uh, even over the weekend or at, at the beach or at other places, instead of sitting in there behind the microscope for 12 hours on a day. Mm -hmm. So there's this sentence that is often repeated at the, the end of different AI presentations that AI will not replace the pathologist, but it's going to replace the pathologists who don't embrace AI. Yes, correct. So, and I, mm -hmm. I remember the discussion that, uh, that started about a couple of years ago. There was a, a dispute or an editorial in the New England Journal of, of Medicine where it was the question, does pathology uh, replace pathologists? And I, I at that time said already, digital pathology will make even good pathologists even better pathologists. Mm -hmm. They will not so we will learn that how to use AI and digital solutions that allow us to even deal with complex questions and uh, the increasingly high workload that we will all see in the future. Mm -hmm. You are now the uh, chairperson of the Scientific Advisory Board of Visioform. Visioform is a, a digital pathology and image analysis company that has been on the market a long time. They are one of the pioneers. What in Visioform's portfolio or in Visioform offer, do you think is going to accelerate this digitization and digitalization journey in pathology? I think what Visioform has really become to understand is that they need to be part of a whole integrated workflow, which starts with the assessment of the quality of the tissue and then applying ready to use and clinically validated applications that gives you the solutions or the, the, the results you need on a daily basis. So whether this is a quantification of PDO1, whether this is, um, this is ki 67 or CD8 quantification, but all of that is part of a workflow that we as pathologists have to do anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's not about trying to come up with with very sophisticated, novel, innovative, innovative biomarker solutions, which eventually will make it into the market and, and, and come up with new biomarker ideas. But here it's about what is clinically practical and what is needed immediately, starting from the tissue quality, the workflow integration, all the way into the, the relevant re readouts. Mm -hmm. So basically where you can couple this with already existing workflow and how can you support pathologists immediately? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, the result is understandable and plausible to the pathologist because something I always claim for us as pathologists is we have to do a plausibility check at the end of the result. So we are not here to 
let's say, blindly or blindfolded accept what the machine tells us. No radiologist would do mm -hmm. this. They, they, get a, uh, they, they can count how many lymph nodes there are, the diameter of the lesion in the liver, et cetera, but they will still check, does it make clinically sense? And the same will happen to pathologists. This is why we have to maintain our high level of education and training, but now even adding the digital part to it, but we, because, but we are still the masters of the result and have the responsibility for the patient, even applying digital mm -hmm. solutions. Exactly. We are still the pathologists assigning off the report. We are the responsible people uh, to release this data into the world, whether it's uh, for patients or for uh, drug development support. It's still on us. You're right. Yeah. And the oncologist and the patient will not call the machine. They will call exactly. us. Exactly. Thank you so much for uh, giving me this interview, for highlighting the important steps, for highlighting that it's integrated workflow at the, the digital pathology companies like VisioFirm should assist the pathologist throughout the workflow. Otherwise, it's going to just be touch and go and we need an integrated system. Thank you very much for telling this to our guests. Well, thank you, Alex. As always, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to thank VisioForm for sponsoring this episode. To learn more about their offer, please visit their website at visioform.com and I will include this address in the show notes. Thank you for listening. For more great digital pathology resources, visit the Digital Pathology Consulting website and subscribe to our newsletter on digitalpathologyconsulting.com. After subscribing, you will get access to the free annotation guidelines, which will help you annotate slides consistently in all your digital pathology projects. Talk to you in the next episode.